Hello. Hi. We're back. Indeed. Again. Yep, yep, yep. How is your day? Mm, I decided to deep clean mm-hmm. the girls' rooms with them. Yes. Wow. It, I'll tell you what, there is a treasure trove of mystery and excitement <laughs> buried within the nooks and crannies of their rooms. We were talking earlier mm-hmm. about how the the rule book that the girls that we you get when you get children mm-hmm. um, doesn't cover certain things doesn't cover certain things and so we were deciding do we throw out the children or do we throw out the book <laughs> try again <laughs> that's a harsh joke we keep the book oh Nathan <laughs> <laughs> anyway so we got as far as we could bear and then they got an invite to go hang out somewhere so they're doing that but okay. they're gonna have to face the piper when they get home so there's, yeah. there's like barely walk around and Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's just kind of torn up. Let's just say one of our girls Mm-mm. is like me and very organized and a bit of a neat freak. And the other girl doesn't um, is very free with her uh, organizational skills. How's that? What organizational skills are you referring to? <laughs> Yes. Welcome to Shoot the Breeze, a podcast that celebrates the messiness of life, relationships, and Christianity, featuring my wife, Lacey, and myself, Nathan. It's creatively titled because it will be just us shooting the breeze, uh, sometimes with guests, while occasionally saying something important. We hope you enjoy. Okay, so today we were wanting to talk about um, how to encourage People? Yeah, how to encourage people. Mm-hmm. What does that look like? Especially if encouragement might not necessarily be your gifting or something mm-hmm. that you naturally excel at. It was really funny. I was telling my sister whose natural gifting is actually encouragement. Mm-hmm. And her two-year-old, my nephew, he's <laughs> he's so sweet. He's a natural encourager. Like, he'll just be like, oh, thank you. That's so nice. <laughs> Or, you know, after I made the Thanksgiving meal with my sister, I can't remember if Thanksgiving or a different meal. But anyway, my kids were being kind of bratty and he's just like, this is amazing. Amazing. So his I've just never met. Mm-hmm. I've never met a toddler that's as encouraging mm-hmm. as him. Well, I was going to say both uh, your sister and brother-in-law are really encouraging. Yeah, they're very encouraging yeah, family. Yeah, so um, that some people are very naturally encouraging. Mm-hmm. Um, I think myself, I, <laughs> I struggle with, I'm a strategic thinker. So if you're telling me a problem, I'm thinking through like possible avenues of solutions. Mm-hmm. Not like a guy, like a guy is like, just goes for it. I'm a little bit more tactful than that, but not much sometimes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It is but, funny. All of my guy friends are intimidated by Lacey. <laughs> not all of them. I mean. Not all of them. Okay. <laughs> Three of the four. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> just Define intimidated. <laughs> they don't like talking to you because you are scary <laughs> or they perceive you to be scary. I don't think you are, but it is funny. How but that's not... Is that really what we're, I mean? No, that was definitely. That was for free. That was for free. Yes. So um, would you consider yourself naturally? No, I'm a terrible encourager. I, uh, I've gotten better about it over the last couple years, but I, I've naturally was, have not been a good encourager. I always find the 
faults in others and nitpick them. <laughs> um, I do. I, well, I was going to say I have the spiritual gift of grudge holding. Find, yes. Okay, and that's one of them. Um, also finding uh, things that you struggle with mm-hmm. and uh, um, and highlighting them to you. That's what I am good at. Interesting. So <laughs> I know. So I've had to become better at um, encouraging. And one of the things that I've uh, learned over the last several years, and I forget what book. Um, I know part of it is like the five love languages, but I don't know if it's the five love languages of like repentance or something like that. I forget. Anyways, there's a there's a book that I read about being an encourager in the way that people receive encouragement. Um, and I think that's that's key in how to encourage mm, someone because it's not good. just like it's not just I was actually talking to one of my friends this way about her or about his wife was um figuring out like he would do these things like service while well, her her love language isn't service and so he's like I'm doing all these things for you and and the wife is like you're you're a terrible husband um because he was not serving her he was not serving her in the way that she receives he was serving her just not in a way that actually speaks to her exactly and so um i think that's that's huge is finding out the people around you if you're encouraging someone to the best of your ability finding out what is the what is their love language how do they receive or feel loved um i think that's really good advice for people close to you mm -hmm. i think that's a little harder when you're trying to encourage someone who maybe you don't know that well right right Right. yeah so that's more for people around you right right like close relationships to challenge yourself to be better in that in really figuring out how they're best gonna gonna receive Mm -hmm. what you have for them okay Mm -hmm. so let's say um one of the things I was actually thinking of mm-hmm. is we've all had <laughs> we've all had circumstances where we've been in conversation, whether it be casual, whether it be serious, and somebody's dealing with something pretty heavy. Right. And they start to talk to, to us about it. And whether it's um, they talk a lot or they talk a little, there's always that question of how you respond when all of a sudden things get really real Mm -hmm. or even let's say you hear of somebody going through a hard time and you're like man i want to reach out i just don't know what to say that's what that's what i hear a lot is they're going through this whether it be a terror like a a death all the way to a death to just Mm -hmm. a really hard season so i want to reach out i want to encourage them but i don't know what to say and i and i hear that a lot Mm -hmm. from people that um that's a, a struggle and so the temptation is to say nothing (laughs) right (laughs) to not reach out to not really engage the person um or even acknowledge what they're walking through right because you don't want to make it awkward right or you don't want to risk saying the wrong thing yeah right which people do people say the wrong thing all the time all the time right yeah i think you know one of the if i could give a really quick tip for those situations mm-hmm. is um be comfortable with uh silence mm. right be comfortable in the awkward silence that's I what i was gonna say be comfortable yeah. in the awkwardness yeah like be don't, don't be swayed by the awkwardness of and it. and don't try to fill the void because i think that's when people start talking and that's when the stupid things start right. coming out um one of the in, in a 
one of the things I've been doing with people is going, I'm so sorry you're going through this. Like, that's it. Yeah, no, I know. And it's amazing how those words, like, just those few words make people feel or really cared for. even the simple, like, that sounds really terrible. That right. sounds really hard. Right. What a, what a hard season for you. I can't imagine how that feels. Right. Like, just comments like that of, of acknowledging mm. exactly where they're at. And I think that would be more what I would call active listening mm -hmm. instead of launching into a story of yours that's similar or, or even yeah. worse maybe yeah. you know what i or mean just fixing it trying to fix trying it trying to fix it um yeah i have a, a, have a friend who he always gives advice he's always, like in, when like I, instead of like praying for someone immediately he's like oh have you tried this have you done this have you and like he immediately launches it. right or it's just a strategy part of people's <laughs> yeah. brains sometimes and i think that yeah. we all have this default of wanting to help you know um i remember liddy and most people have these have kids that go through these phases where they just want to help like mm -hmm. they just are figuring out like they can do a few more things it's usually in the toddler toddler phase and they just want to help but their helping is usually more painful right than them not helping <laughs> and i remember lydia would just always like she'd ask like with a question mark in her voice she'd be like helping 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 <laughs> be like oh you sweet thing nope <laughs> but i love that energy you know i love that um desire yeah. and i think um you know not that it's a bad desire to want to help and i think there's a there's definitely room for that always going to be mm -hmm. room for that and people that are hardcore servers you know like mm -hmm. there's room for them in that i think what i've had to really train myself to do is in the moment to be present in the moment and to ask the lord what is my role in this situation mm -hmm. because we can exhaust ourselves by trying to fix everything we can make people feel run over by not listening when we're supposed to just be listening we can uh, minimize because we're uncomfortable with the not knowing what to do mm -hmm. and just trying to cover it over with what we can do. And I think that um, having just that prayer that as someone's telling you stuff, that prayer to the Lord, like, what is my role right now? Like right. in this place, is, is it literally to like bring them dinner? Is that something simple I can do? Right. Is it to listen, simply to listen and to allow them to have someone to talk to? Is it to pray with them and for them? Mm -hmm. Is it to, um, you know, follow up in a few days and, and be that accountability, be that person that they can lean on? Like, what is the role that you have? Because I think we automatically jump to, like, jump to assumption about right. what our role is right. when um, that can get super, super overwhelming. And people tend to withhold because they're afraid of putting things on people. Mm -hmm. Like, they, they don't want you to carry the weight in an un, like a, um, unbearable way. Right. So they're not going to talk to you if they feel like they're going to overwhelm you. So just being willing to sit with them in that moment and to be at peace, because whatever role the Lord has for you, mm -hmm. you're going to be able to do. Yeah. You don't have to strive to do it because what he's going to give you, he's going to strengthen you to do. But if you, you go over what you're supposed to be doing, you will be worn down. Right.
think that's the so you know thinking of how people are wired or designed you are far more empathetic and so you take on people's emotions a lot more um right you're also able to perceive how other people are feeling me um i don't i'm not i'm not uh it, it is un more unnatural for me to empathize with someone and so i also don't take on the weight of other people's things and i think part of that is recognizing how you're designed and so for um like you you have to guard yourself against taking on too many too much of other people's mm -hmm. stuff right and i you know might be challenged <laughs> you know for people like me might be challenged into hey dive into their emotional where they're at you right know? and so making sure you're not kind of the idea of know who you are know who god has designed you to be and how he generally has you operate that natural part of you but also don't limit yourself to that that's what that's what i'm trying to say is <laughs> yeah. don't limit yourself to what you're naturally good at yeah. or what you feel like you're capable of even mm -hmm. um I'm just going to be honest right now. I, <laughs> I'm going to be honest. So I am not a good server. I'm a terrible server. I'm terrible. <laughs> I think both of you and I are terrible. <laughs> I'm not going to stop. I am just not somebody who is very good at automatically offering to bring food or to come clean your house or, you know what I mean? Which is a lot of people they're they're like how could you not be good at that it's mm -hmm. the most easy thing to do and i think i just i am not good at it and so i've had to really the lord actually spoke to me a few years ago and he was like listen you're gonna go through a season with your community where there are gonna be so many so much need for that um serving yeah Right. It's just going to be where it's, it's going to happen. And so you're going to do it. And so I had to I had to be like, OK, I'm not very good mm -hmm. at this. I am not naturally good at this. And I think it's because part of it is I don't consider it like um, it's like a whole nother problem. But I I used to just think like, well, I'm already making dinner. I can make two dinners and it'll be just easy as pie and get it all mm -hmm. done. And it is like that, except for you got to actually plan a little bit more time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you do got to actually put a little bit more energy into it. Right. And and so when I wouldn't give myself that margin, so then it would overwhelm me. And I think because of all of our own food allergies and mm -hmm. food restrictions that that our family has. Right. It just taking on another family that might not want that and having to because I just don't have those ingredients in my house. Right. Anymore because right. we have to eat so strict. So anyway, I had to give myself room and space to become good at it. Right. Oh, Does that make good. sense? Yeah, that's good. And and give myself like, um, like, OK, so if I'm bringing dinner to this family on this afternoon, that's what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. what I'm scheduling. That's what I'm planning. And um, so, yeah, so I mm -hmm. just I wanted to share that yeah. story because I think Sometimes people are like, oh, that's the easiest thing you can do is meet a physical <laughs> need, which technically it is. Right. But it's one of the harder things for me right. to do. I'd rather sit down and pray with you and mm -hmm. do like a big old, you know, like deep heart, mm -hmm. well dig, you know, into like, you know, mm -hmm. bringing the Lord into things and talking about all the complicated things. That's yeah. actually what I love to right. do first with somebody. Right. So, 
I was just thinking about how, um, how, how do you take caring for someone and not adding it to a to-do list amidst mm-hmm. other to-do lists right. that and you have? I think that's, that's exactly the point I'm getting at is that you have to be so open to the Holy Spirit because he's going to show you how you can love that person. Mm-hmm. What that looks for, like for you in mm-hmm. in the perspective of what your relationship is, whether it's acquaintance or close friend, he's going to give you insight into how to how to love them. Yeah. Um, my sister was actually just telling me of this woman at our church who had a baby and like nobody signed up for the meal train. She was like the only one, and she's like doesn't even know her that well but mm-hmm. she's like no this is something <laughs> I really want to do not because I know her well or not because um you know I necessarily have time for it but because I feel like I want to care for her right in this way right and um we all just we we all live super busy lives and I think that um I've had to challenge myself to care for my community mm-hmm. in the way that I would want to be cared for. Mm. And also in the way that we kind of used to take for granted that the church did care for their community mm-hmm. because we have gotten so busy mm-hmm. as, as a society. We have gotten so busy. Um, okay. So I, I have a question. I don't know if we'll go here or not, but how do you and um how do you how do you live in a way that is not overwhelming then how do you live in a way how do you create margin in your life how do you do that number one to care for people but two to even see the needs of others to care for them still figuring that out man (laughs) honestly like what are some things that you and i've had to change in our schedule I think the number one key is you have to release your agenda. Like, you have to release um, what you value. Okay. And ask the Lord what he values. And a lot of them are going to, a lot of things are going to line up. Mm -hmm. But um, ultimately, he might surprise you with the things that he cares about versus the things you care about. Um, Like, for example, um, you, I think two years ago, the Lord said, or you, you felt the Lord telling you that he wanted you to focus more on personal relationships Mm -hmm. than corporate gatherings. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you had to decide that you are going to prioritize that above producing uh, resources and materials, right? Right. right. And um, you had to make sacrifices in your schedule, just like the people you were meeting with had to make sacrifices in their schedule just to make it work with work schedules and all that. Right. But you did it because you released your agenda Mm. in what you felt like you were supposed to be doing. Right. Like what you were supposed to be producing. And I think it gets those kind of things get really, really hard when we're practically dealing with um, work schedules. Mm -hmm. I I think it's a very real thing that 
couples are just pressed for time. Yeah. And so... Well, it's like part of part of my meeting with people is, you know, a lot of, a lot of my friends, a lot of the whatever leadership that we have, the people I meet with, has to either be early, early in the morning or later in the afternoon because of their work schedule. And so that's a sacrifice on them. Um, now, everyone who's done that, they're like, this is amazing. <laughs> I wish I would have had this before. But it is us making that, like everyone involved, making that sacrifice of, okay, is this worth it? Is this something that I'm willing to sacrifice sleep? Am I willing to sacrifice whatever it is for the benefit of this? Um, and I think with that, now, sacrificing other areas, though, I think with that, you have to sacrifice and release whatever sense of identity or worth you're getting from certain things, right? Define certain things. Um, so, for example, uh, to your point of having to shift my schedule from producing resources or... Right. Um, or strategizing for our uh, ministry, ministry gatherings... Um, to more personal relationship, I had to be willing to release to God the value or the perception of value and worth that I had by what I produced and how many people utilize those resources. So, you know, I would publish a teaching, put it online, advertise it on social media, because um, it was around the same time that all of that, we stopped doing all that. And part of that was releasing my identity of how many people are utilizing these resources, how many people are interacting with our content, um, and going, okay, but if I shift to more of a personal day-to-day -day schedule, that means I'm not going to gain the value of like one person a day versus maybe 10 to 15 online. Does that make sense? Yeah, of course. And so it's it's having to shift whatever it is you're gaining value from you there's a you have to release that you have to release okay i may not get the value i perceive to be most important if i'm caring for other people over here well and i think the key in all of it is you really do have to be spirit-led mm -hmm. thank you so much for listening to our podcast this is one of the many resources we make available for free at our website, cultivaterelationships.com. Our resources have helped people grow in their relationship with God and others. Uh, we've seen people set free from uncontrollable anger and paralyzing fear. We've witnessed estranged family members be reunited after working through our freedom booklet. We've helped people build healthy relationship and coping habits through our coaching videos. And all of these resources are made available for free because of the generous support of people like you. If you would like to become a partner, please visit cultivaterelationships.com slash support. Now, I hope you enjoy the rest of this episode. So, um, you know, you can have things in your schedule that you absolutely feel like are immovable until you offer them up to the Lord. Mm -hmm. And he shows you, actually, if your life belongs to me, your life, <laughs> your right. life belongs exactly. to me. Exactly. Yep. And if you hold all those things loosely, loosely, he'll start to show you what actually is movable that you might not have thought of before. And or what will actually actually gain you more um, 
more make you feel more cared for than this thing. I think that's the other thing is we yeah, we, we think, think if we I sacrifice gonna, yeah. if I sacrifice this that I'm not going to gain mm-hmm. the 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 worth or Energy feeling cared for that I whatever. yeah. Mm-hmm. When in actuality he knows how you're designed and and maybe that's the very thing that the the schedule the thing that's keeping you go 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 really killing you <laughs> energy-wise might actually be the thing that gives you Yeah, energy. well, and, and also the, um, the, <laughs> the idea that we need to sacrifice sometimes. Mm-hmm. And as we start to pour out, we, I mean, it's a mystery, but we start to actually be refreshed. And there's a fine line right. between that and... Um, just killing yourself you know what i mean like burnout because but yeah. i think we've gotten too worried about burnout maybe like mm-hmm. too concerned well because I, there okay a great example a great story of this is jesus you see him constantly having compassion for the crowd having but then you right. also see jesus spending a lot of alone time right you also see jesus sleeping in a boat when everyone else is doing well, the what hard did he work. say he said i do the will <clears throat> of my father. Mm -hmm. That is, that is what I do. And I think that we as people like to have the, um, one way forever, one way forever. (laughs) Exactly. We like to set our schedule and we like it to be what it is forever. Every, like my Lacey makes fun of me because it's like every Tuesday is chicken nugget night. Exactly. That's, I I know you love it, but it's not very spirit led. And, but God also knows that we like things that are in a, um, a rhythm. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I was going to say is very practically to get creative. Like you can do things in a rhythm and a cycle, but it doesn't always have to be every week or mm-hmm. even every month or, you know, every lunchtime. Like you can be creative with what your cycles yeah. look like. Okay. A very pragmatic example is the podcast. Yeah. So when we started to do the podcast again, first of all, last time we last time the series we ran last time, I was like, every week on Tuesday we gotta publish a new. So I was like freaking out trying to find interviews, all of the this right. Well, then when we decided to pick up the podcast again, we we took a year off, pick up the podcast again. I made the like I had to tell my brain, it will not be a scheduled podcast. It will not be every week. It won't be the last week of the month that a podcast is published. I had to, like, have this pep talk with myself of podcast episodes will be released when podcast episodes are released. Like, it's something I had to because I'm that way. Mm -hmm. It has to be on this day, this time, every last Tuesday of the month, whatever it is. But you're right. You there's, it is that release slash sacrifice that I think we need to make, um, and be continually. It's not like you it's made a continual conversation. You make. It's not like you make one sacrifice and it's like okay, good, I sacrifice. So now, it's day to day. Okay, God, what am I releasing today? What do you want me to pick up today? Um, and, and I wanted to go back to the encouragement of how to encourage people. Yes. Because, um, and I, I loved your point about love language because that is really important to think through 
so that you might be trying to express to others love in your own love language. And especially if you're a quality time person, that might feel overwhelming. And I remember I kind of had some revelation on this because I feel like if I'm truly going to love someone, if I'm truly going to like show them my care, that I have to spend time with them. And when I'm feeling really broke (laughs) time-wise, you know what I mean? Where you're just feeling like your margins are really slim. You Mm -hmm. just don't have time. There's not the availability that you would like to really have a two-hour conversation with someone to really just leisurely sit with them over coffee or prayer or, you know, long phone calls. I tend not to call. I tend not to check in. I tend not to do the the reach out Mm -hmm. because I know I don't have the time to give the person. And my daughter, actually, she was she's kind of taught me about this um, because she is the queen of the one to two minute phone call. She'll be like, um, (laughs) Mom, I um, I called and she'll name off like four or five people she touched Mm -hmm. base with during a day. And I listen to her and she'll be like, hey, Nana, how you doing? That's great. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Your new dog. What's his name? That's so cool. Yeah. I love playing with the dog. Yeah, that's great. I got a new uh, ballet outfit, you know, and they'll talk for literally 30 seconds to a minute. And she'll be like, "Okay, I got to go. Bye. And what is so cool about that is, you know, that each person she called because I'll hear about it later. Oh, Ari called me today. Ari checked in with me. Ari. And I'm like, wow. That's who I want to be, but I feel like I'll be saddled with like a lot of reconnecting and time and intentional conversation because that's what I want. And that's how my heart receives, Mm -hmm. you know, um, love a lot of times, but not always. Like if somebody called me out of the blue and just had a few minutes for me, I would feel totally cared for. Mm -hmm. But it's almost this mental block of, oh, man, to touch in with touch base with that Mm -hmm. person. I don't have what I need to do it. Mm-hmm. And so I think we can learn a lot from people that are that way. Like, I think these are the people that do really well at sales, actually, because they do oh, yeah. so good with yeah. the, just the little touches. And um, that to to be like, oh, how, how can I just send a text out to this person and be like, I'm thinking of you today. Um, mm-hmm. You're on my mind. Um, and that, and that, that actually brings me to um, the idea of, how to um, when God puts someone in your on your mind Mm -hmm. to um, be obedient to to reach out to that person and it it doesn't have to be you don't have to be like by reaching out to this person I'm going to carry all of their woes for them right right right. I don't I don't have to make meals for them for a month like I can reach out and just be yeah um be a a person that is caring for them yeah in the moment right yeah one um one thought I had, so from global, people around you, how to encourage them, um, to those around you, one of the um, probably greatest, and I'd say I probably learned this in the last couple of years, things to help me encourage people, especially those who I am frustrated with, um, is whatever um, my frustration is. So a great, great example is with you and I. Um, there was... <laughs> the first person you're frustrated, you're like immediately. So with you. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> it, it's actually you who... Uh, <laughs> this is the thing that taught me it, okay? So about two years ago, um, I was really frustrated with Lacey. 
Um, there's a few things. I don't know if we've ever had this conversation. I know. I'm. It's all new. Oh, it's. Goodness. I'm excited. Okay. So. Just, just go with it, okay, babe? I'm here. So I remember specifically I was uh, at our small group at our church, and um, I was I was in my head just kind of rehashing all the things that I was frustrated at you with. Okay. Um, the, dealing with— Remember uh, when we were talking about him being a good grudge holder? Oh, so yeah. good, guys. Expert. If you want—just reach out, and I'll tell you what I'm frustrated at you for, okay? Um, no. I was going through, I'll name a few specific ones because that'll help carry the point, okay? I was frustrated at migraines because how they steal you from our family, but I was frustrated at you for that, right? Definitely Um, my fault. I was was frustrated at how homeschooling was going. Mm -hmm. I was frustrated. Me too. Hold on, though. (laughs) I was frustrated at... um, the lack of how I perceived the house should be kept. Mm-hmm. Uh, Again. If, <laughs> so hold on. Shh, you're giving away the point. Um, and then the last one, last one I'll name is um, lack of like organized dinners. Okay. Okay. Now, again, some of this comes back to the girls in homeschooling. Some of the reasons come back to migraines and how you couldn't function. But I was just kind of like in our small group stewing like... When I get home, was I at home with yeah. a migraine? Yeah. Okay, of course. When I get home, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to her. So. During my migraine? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Babe, it was the best Whoa. best time. <laughs> and God God said, I want you to text Lacey all of those areas of frustration. I want you to text Lacey and be very specific about um, how encouraged you are about each one of those things. And I was like, yeah, but. I'm not <laughs> like it would be a lie. And he goes, no, I want it. It's not a lie. It's you prophetically speaking over her. These areas of encouragement that you have for her, um, all the areas you're frustrated. So I remember I, I did, I texted you the, um, just different things of encouragement. And, uh, <laughs> I'm kind of like, it, it did cheer me up as well. Like, okay, no, she's not terrible at this, <laughs> you know? Uh, and then when I got home, uh, I went in, see how you were doing, and you were crying because you were reading my text, and you said, you spoke to every one of the lies that I've been believing this morning because you were really discouraged yourself. And so um, that in and of itself taught me, wow, how much of the disappointment or frustration that I have with people are lies they are already Mm -hmm. currently believing and it's the enemy coming in going, yeah, you should poke at that. Right. Right. Um, sorry. And so it taught me a huge lesson of the areas of frustration that I have with people. If I, whether it's call them or text them, but speak something very specifically of encouragement toward that frustration, right. it not only defeats the enemy in my life, right? The, the spiral that I'm going down, but... I'm curious, and every single time I've done this, it has spoken a truth to something that that person's been struggling with. Mm -hmm. Um, So that, honestly, in a very, very practical way, what are the things that you're frustrated at others with? And pray and ask God to give you a word about that very specific thing. And I just want to clarify, you're not saying to, like, 
why right to be like if they're no and that's what legitimately that's, bad at something like let's say yeah. they're really bad cook and you're like you're an amazing cook and you cook really well you know like i'm not saying that you know what is it people on america's got talent or something like that and you're like maybe you should have had someone speak in your life like you're not a good singer <laughs> For example, my perception of how clean the house is. Mm -hmm. What I had to do, and what I think what I had texted you, is I love how strategic you've been about prioritizing the most important things in your day. And the most important things in your day have been the girls and how, um, how you have to have grace and your responses to them have had to be... Um, moment by moment and why that why that spoke with regard to how the house has been clean is it made my mind go she doesn't have time to do this because she's been focusing on this so that's that's what i mean it it, it was a very intentional um for (laughs) x struggle i had to think through and it, it i can't say it was very spiritual at the moment i was just kind of thinking through things that i was thankful for you know what made it spiritual is your response but when it I made you that. think about it a little bit more globally right. yep no and that's what i mean is it didn't feel very spiritual it, it did make it was intentional right but it didn't feel spiritual until i realized oh you were struggling with exactly these things and the words that i was speaking over you were that was spiritual <laughs> because that, that's yeah. what I mean. Oh, yeah. Um, and so taking taking a moment to intentionally think through what is the frustration and why, why might that person be struggling in that area? That's what that's what it really had me had me do. So in a very practical way, that's what I'm saying is using these areas of frustration or disappointment. How can you speak a prophetic word over them? Um, because reality, reality is you're, you're a fantastic mom. What I was focusing on is you, you interact with the girls in a way I, I'm not natural. I tend to be more black and white with the girls. This is wrong. This is right. You are far more gracious with them. And so that's what I mean by my disappointment was actually not necessarily in you and how you act. It's you just respond different than me. That's my first, that was right. my first wish, right? So anyways. And and yeah. I will say um, to the idea of, and I, and I love that, honey. I love the idea of, of speaking prophetically or, you know, praying prophetically, encouraging prophetically mm-hmm. over people, how God sees them. Basically, mm-hmm. I mean, that's what it is. That's, that's really it, yeah. Is, yeah. God, you give me your viewpoint. God, you mm-hmm. give me your heart for them. Show me how to love them like you do. Mm-hmm. And I think that's base level. You know, mm-hmm. if the other way seems a little bit complicated or you actually, you don't want to delve into that person's life enough to, to know <laughs> the specifics of the Lord, show mm-hmm. me things you love about them, this mm-hmm. person or show me the grace you have over these areas to encourage them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think another way that's really um, you can apply to any and all relationships is, Lord, can you give me a word? Mm. for them mm-hmm. and i mean it could simply be some uh, most of the time when i ask the lord for a word for somebody it doesn't have to be like you know it's it's not this big <laughs> crazy moment it this is long l- discourse that no you, it's yeah. honestly just a scripture yeah or a truth yeah 
or maybe um, just a, a, a prayer that I can pray for yeah. them. And the way that um, I found to be more most impactful, and this is just something that I've decided in my own life mm-hmm. that I'm going to do, is that when somebody shares with me something heavy or hard they're going through, um, I will always say, and if they say, will you pray for me? Even if they don't mm-hmm. say, will you pray for me? Mm-hmm. I've, I've tend to make this my rule is I will say, yes, let's pray right now. Mm-hmm. Whether we are, you know, in at the park, if we are at the church or if we are in the, you know, mm-hmm. dance studio, I don't care. It doesn't matter. Um, and I'll be discreet. Like if the person right. doesn't want to, then I'm not going to force them to. But most people, if they're asking you to pray, they're mm-hmm. not. They don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will take that opportunity to pray right then because um i am going to be real it is hard to remember sometimes until days later and Mm -hmm. you're like oh wow i told them i pray for them and i didn't and i'd like to say you know i go home and i immediately write it in my (laughs) journal and i like but no it's in when you are there to have that specific time where you're saying no right now we're gonna right we're gonna bring the lord into this conversation um another way honestly in the moment is text prayers Mm -hmm. I found those to be something that I do quite a lot. If, mm-hmm. Like I was saying, if someone brings, God brings someone to my mind, mm-hmm. I reach out to them and I find out while well, they are going through something is to just text a prayer, just mm-hmm. write it out. Like you would speak it over them and text yep. it to them. Um, that's good. And that that's something I do very, very regularly. And that goes back to what you're talking about is I don't need to have a 45 minute conversation to minister to somebody or right. to love on somebody. I hate that phrase, love on, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I can just ask the Lord, okay, what should I pray over them? And to care for someone. Yeah. To care for someone <laughs> and to, to write it out. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to speak just real practically for a minute about how to pray for somebody mm-hmm. because I think people make it more complicated than it has to be. Yeah. Um, so the easiest way to pray for somebody is to, um, speak scripture Mm -hmm. over their situation Mm -hmm. and, um, to, um, to speak God's character Mm -hmm. over their situation, to Mm -hmm. speak God's heart for them over the situation. And the way we know that is through the word because it's accurate. So you don't have to have special skills to mm-hmm. speak God's desire, <laughs> right, God's right. heart, God's his, his encouragement, his nature, yeah, like, over yeah. them. Um, and so, in the 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 way you do that is you stay in the Word. Mm-hmm. You keep your you keep your yourself immersed in the Word, and God will bring things to mm-hmm. mind that oh that what I what you read this morning was actually for this mm-hmm. right now, mm-hmm. and you can you can pray confidently, yeah, that word over them. Um, yeah. One, yeah, no, I was gonna say with that, um, when I, when I pray for someone or when I text them something, uh, a prayer, right? Um, I use the Trinity as my, um, outline, outline okay. for my prayer. Tell me. So for like, I usually start off with heavenly dead, you know, thank you for whatever this person and just speak a bit of an identity over them. Cause that's from. Mm-hmm. the heavenly dad, right? The right. giver of identity. And then I pray for, uh, you know, Holy Spirit. I pray that you would care for their heart. The Holy Spirit being more that motherly caring. That's 
mm-hmm. kind of where I land, you know, give them peace, all of that, uh, to care for their emotions, feelings. And then I end with Jesus, you know, in this situation that this person's in or relationship or whatever, um, will you show them, will you reveal to them, will you give them a word, will you give them whatever it is, um, how you would have walked through this? Because Jesus identifies with us like he is the one he's the model that we look at as okay he was he was perfectly filled with the holy spirit how would have he handled this situation how would have he gone through this and so i use the trinity as kind of my outline of how to pray for someone of identity care in their heart and then really pragmatically jesus what would have you done in this moment what would would you give me to do in this moment? Right. So anyways, I, that has helped me also structure my prayers and my prayers for people and how, um, and I think it makes the, makes God more intimate, more Mm -hmm. personal, um, rather than this far off God I pray for. (laughs) Um, I don't know. It's, it's helped me. Let me rephrase that. It's helped me feel relationally connected to God. Right. Doing it that way. Um, Okay, so five. Uh, I, we should clarify if you don't know what the five love languages are, and and we're not we're not. I'm sorry you've advocating. lived on that desert island for so long. <laughs> we welcome you back to the mainland. We welcome you back from under the rock you've been living under. No, um, we uh, uh, they were developed or or kind of laid out by Gary Smalley in the five love languages. Pretty sure Chapman. Chapman, thank you, Gary Chapman. Um, anyways. Their uh, quality time, acts of service, words of encouragement, quality time, acts of service, words of encouragement, physical touch, physical touch. Um, it's not necessarily sexual touch. It's just a hug or, you know, th- that type of thing. It's that person that sidles up real close to you. <laughs> when they're, it's, it's the close talkers in your exactly, life. Exactly. Exactly. Those are physical touch people. Um, quality time. Acts of service, encouraging words, physical touch, and... I'm having fun watching you right now. Do you know what it is? (laughs) Do you remember it? (laughs) Come on! (laughs) What is it? (laughs) Don't do this to me. (laughs) Come on. Okay, so you said acts of service. Yeah. Quality time. Uh Uh-huh. Words of encouragement. Yes. Acts of service. You said acts of service. Oh, I twice. said acts of service twice. Physical touch. Yes. And I can't remember either. Oh, not that, hard. Not <laughs> that easy, is it? it? Hold on. I, I can't remember. I just can't right now with the moment. Service. Uh, quality time. Mm-hmm. Guys, we'll get this. Don't worry. Oh my gosh. We have it memorized totally. We're really yep. familiar. Don't send uh, us the book. Gifts. Wait. Oh, yeah, gifts, right, gifts, yeah. Wait, did we say gifts? No, we didn't say gifts. Are you so, sure? So, yeah, gifts is the last one. People that love giving gifts, and um, it's a person that always, you know, basically brings you things. Mm-hmm. Excellent service, quality time, gifts, words of encouragement. Yes. Gifts was the last one. Acts of service, quality time, gifts. Words of encouragement. Oh, physical touch. Physical touch, yeah. So my daughter, uh, one of my daughters is huge on gifts. And it doesn't even have to be, like, things you buy. But it's just she loves she loves to get gifts. And she loves to give gifts. She was always, even from being really young, she'd always give away her most prized possessions to people as if she really loved them, you know. And 
So gifts is a big one. I think that people can kind of look down on the gift people because they'll think they're so materialistic, but that's actually not. Yeah, it doesn't even have to be expensive or anything like that. that. It's just the idea of throughout the day, flowers. Like when someone receives flowers, that's a gift. Mm -hmm. That, you know, a gift. Um, and, And, you know, I think to one extent to another, one extreme to another, I think we're, all of these in yeah, some form so and way, um, especially depending on the season. Um, I know you've went through a season where you like hated being touched, and then now sometimes you just come up to me and you want to hug. You're different though. I don't like other people to touch me. Sure, it's different. Okay, I feel kind of Stockholmed into it because you're a big physical touch person, so it's not my natural. Like I got you. <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny. We actually joke because in my family that I grew up in have um, six siblings and out of the the seven of us, the majority of us, including my mom are all our main love language is quality time. And my poor dad, his love language is acts of service. (laughs) So he's just like surrounded by all these people that want him to spend all this time with him. And he's out there just getting things done and serving as hard as he can. And he's just like, (laughs) nobody loves me. And we're all like, you don't love and it can turn into this thing, right? Right, right. And so, but I laugh at it now because it's so many people in my family. There's only so much time. One last question, no. which I think is a, probably a good place to end. Um, so, you you're going through a season and you feel like other people aren't mm. caring for you. Yeah, that's a good one. What do you do? You care for others. Mm. But that seems counterintuitive <laughs> does. to how I feel. Well, and it depends on your margin, too. Like, um, <laughs> if you're going through something and you really don't have time to care for others, like, legitimately, mm-hmm. um, I think reaching out is important. I, the enemy can get in your head and be like, people don't care about you, or if they would, they'd be involved. A lot of times people don't know. Yeah. Like, I had yeah. just heard of a um, family friend that had been in the hospital for a few weeks. I had no idea. And so um, yeah. I think we take it for granted sometimes that people know the... the Know the details of your life. the details <laughs> yeah. and the immensity of your circumstance yeah. when... Maybe they just don't. Yeah. I mean, you put it out there into social media. It doesn't mean everybody's seen it. Sometimes they have. Sometimes, and they've just—it's not registered. Or uh, um, yeah. So because we've we're off social media, um, I had a text come through. It was in a group text, and someone had something had happened in this person's life, and I'm like, whoa wait, what happened? And I had to reach out and say, hey, I'm so sorry. I didn't know about this, man. Right? Like, it took me engaging in their life. Right. And so I think it goes back to assuming the best. Like, maybe the people that are closest to you really don't know the extent of it. And it is totally worth it to send out some messages or sit down and call someone and be like, I am struggling right now. (laughs) And I I need just someone, I need to talk to somebody about this or I need some help right now um and it's vulnerable it's vulnerable to do that but I think that's why we have community that's you know people do care about us um there was one more thing I wanted to say about that is the the idea of um sharing sharing space with somebody's pain yeah 
And we had hit on it earlier about it being okay with it being awkward and being okay with not knowing what to say and being okay to just be there. Mm -hmm. And I remember, and I think I've talked about this before. My mom actually taught me this. She said, um, after her mom died, she went back home and, um, it was extremely painful. My, my grandmother died really suddenly, um, from pancreatic cancer. And so she went back home and she stayed for a while. And she said that it was really wild to deal with grief like that because she said, I really, sometimes I wanted people there. Sometimes I didn't want people there. I just didn't know what I wanted until I wanted it. <laughs> and she said, I just, I, I didn't know myself, but there were people that were willing to just be in that space with me, mm -hmm. give me space when I needed to be there when they, when I needed somebody to be there and bring <laughs> me, you know, food when I needed to eat. Mm -hmm. And, and just to kind of go with that, go with that flow. And I think, you know, it's obvious when someone's dealing with a death mm -hmm. that they need that. Um, and I think even with a death, we sometimes hesitate to reach out because we don't have the right words or mm -hmm. it's just as horrible. And my encouragement is um, to be willing to listen, be willing to sit in silence, mm -hmm. be willing to have the awkward conversation that leads mm -hmm. to talking about things that don't matter or things that do matter. Mm -hmm. Just be willing to be there in mm -hmm. that. And um, it takes training and it takes humility. Yeah. Um, and, you, and we, you know, we know this, but... I think that um, our friends don't expect us to suddenly become experts in this stuff, right? right. They right. just want us there, right? Right? They just want to know their friend is yeah. willing to be there, and they don't expect us. They don't know how to handle it. <laughs> They're not going to expect you to know how to mm -hmm. handle it. And I think we automatically get this idea that we're supposed to be experts in these things that nobody's experts in. Mm -hmm. You just step out. You just step and out and do it. Um, yeah, and that ability to to be okay with that awkward silence, which is probably the most difficult. Um, the with regard to um, what if other people aren't caring for you? Mm -hmm. um, so a couple of years ago, I went through a year of re being really depressed, and it it really it was really ugly. Um, and I remember uh, going on a walk and the, the shift and amidst a couple other things, but the shift that um, the activations that God gave me was, Nathan, if you care, you will feel cared for as you care for others. That was the activation step that God had given me. And if you're struggling with feeling disappointed, feeling depressed, my encouragement to you is that as you care for others, you will feel cared for. It's not overnight. It didn't take overnight. Um, it took a while, and it was actually during this season that God was asking me to spend more time in relationship. So the, a, a couple of these all kind of line up, right? The more I spent time investing in other people's lives, you know, I look at my life now and how many friends I have in the overwhelming encouragement that I have is because I took the first step of reaching out, caring for others, and amidst that, I'll feel I've felt cared for. Mm -hmm. um, so that that's my encouragement to you is reach out, start having conversations not about you, 
but about other people. Um, also, uh, it is a um, fruitless venture to try and get other people to make uh, identify with what you're going through. Mm. Oh, this is good. Um, I really had to learn this one. It's the one thing I've learned. <laughs> I've learned a lot, but one of the things I've learned with having a, a terminal disease is I cannot expect someone else to understand what I'm going through. Um, and if that, in talking with others, is my expectation or what I want back, I will be depressed. Right. I will be discouraged. I remember I used to struggle with that, too. And you, you would say to me, Lacey, what, you'd say, Lacey, what is your expectation of this conversation mm -hmm. or this relationship? If Basically that. Are you expecting them to understand? Because they can't. Mm -hmm. So you have to reframe what your goal is mm -hmm. because no one can understand except for, except for the Lord. Mm -hmm. Like he can, and he's with us and he can give, he can give us that understanding, yep. but really only he can. Even people that have went through similar circumstances don't quite, they don't mm -hmm. quite get it mm -hmm. all the way because they haven't had the exact same circumstances. Because we're not. They're not the same people. We're not uh, singular dimension no, people. We're, we're multi-dimensional people. Even you think of even with a spouse, someone you've lived with for a decade or two, there's still surprises in that relationship. Why? Because you're not the same person. They have different experiences than you. Right. And how would you, if you're living with someone and they still surprise you with different things or stories, right? Even things where you'll be talking, be like, "Oh, I've never heard that story before," right? How much more is it with someone you haven't spent that much time in intimacy with? So why would you expect to, one, identify fully with their circumstance? Why would you ask them to identify fully with yours? And once you say that it breeds comparison, too, breeds, when you go when you go into it yeah. with that attitude. And in comparison, the only result of comparison is um, discontentment. There mm -hmm. is no happy result from mm -hmm. comparison ever i mean try it out in your head you will never have a happy result from mm -hmm. either you comparison. either you will come out as better than other people or you will come out as less than other people right those are the only two results of comparing your your situation and this is one thing that i i will say with um whatever it is you may be going through comparing will comparing yourself with someone else's situation will reject the grace that God has for you in your situation. Yeah. Um, it's one of the, one of the things whenever I hear, you know, when, how are you know, someone, someone has a broken leg. How are you doing? How are you doing with that? I can't imagine, you know, what changes you've had to make in your, your daily tasks, having a broken leg. And I remember one time someone responded, well, you know, at least I'm not like some, kid in Africa or something like that who's starving. And I'm like, what does that have to do with what you're I had a similar story. I was talking with someone and they shared with me something hard they were going through. And then they kind of laughed it off and goes, at least they go, at least I'm not a one legged vet. Yeah. And I was, I was just like, is that your like penultimate so, of <laughs> terribleness? Like what is it? But here's what happens is when we compare ourselves using that yeah. we reject the grace that God has for us right. in that situation. And so again, there's no good thing to that to comes com from comparison. Com yeah, exactly. Um, so that's, that's a few, 
thoughts yeah. that we have with um, encouragement. Yeah, Nathan's going to come up with a zippy title for this podcast. Yeah, it's going to be It'll amazing. It'll probably be, ready? Encouragement. No. <laughs> See, this is what I'm talking about. you gotta, <laughs> you got to come up with something a little bit more zippy? grabby. Yeah. Like, uh, like compassion. No, my son. Like, it has to be a one-word title. Okay. That's what we do for our right, podcast. Well, I'm going to pray, or do you want to pray? How about you pray? Okay. You pray, and then we'll we'll be done. <laughs> Great. Heavenly Dad, I thank you um, for this conversation. I, I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you, you speak and you ultimately can apply um, very specifically all the things that we've talked to into individuals' lives who, who are listening to this. And I... I just speak over over those listening, watching, that you um, you are a good dad, and you have good things for all of us. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, our definition and your definition may not match up. And I ask Holy Spirit that amidst those uh, disagreements and definitions of what is good, um, ultimately what we do know, Holy Spirit, is you bring a peace. That's beyond our circumstance. And um, all you ask for, uh, from us is to release our expectations of a circumstance, our desire to know <laughs> everything about a circumstance. When we release those to you, Holy Spirit, you bring a peace that's beyond that, beyond those situations. Um, and I, I do ask Jesus that amidst our our day-to-day life, the things that we struggle with, the things that are unique to our lives. Um, you walked perfectly empowered by the Holy Spirit. Um, and you, you do know, you do know all the facets and intricacies of our life. And I ask that you would bring clarity and that you would bring understanding as to, um, every relationship and circumstance we face. Um, give us a word, give us a picture, give us, um, a response that we're to have amidst these difficult situations. Um, I ask that you would give us a word for the people in our lives that we are disappointed in or frustrated in. Help us care for them um, because the reality is, God, that as we care for others, um, God, that's how we're cared for. That's how you care for us is through other people. And so um, may we be people who do sacrifice our life for others um, and recognizing that sacrifice, that's actually where our life is, um, where we gain life. In your name, Jesus, I pray. Thank you so much. Amen. Amen. Um, yeah. All right. Well, that's that. <laughs> okay. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.